Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture podcast, where youth ministry and culture collide. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. Happy Friday, y'all. It is good to be here. So I got a question for you, Ryan. Do you read? What kind of question is that? (laughs) Of course I read. Well, you know how they say leaders are readers or the people that like to be snarky and say readers are leaders. Um, it's the same thing. Uh, when I was in college, uh, I, I, I didn't read enough, but I read more than I do now, unfortunately. And there's a book I came across in college as I was trying to figure out how to be a godly young man. And that book was titled Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. Did you read that book in college? Yes. And I actually, I think I read it, if I remember correctly, I think I read it my freshman year in college back in the day. Yeah, my youth pastor tried to go through the book with me when I was in high school, and that was met with about a 50% success rate. <laughs> I did finally finish it in college, though. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. If, if, if I hated reading when I was in high school. So if my youth pastor tried to go through a book with me, it probably would not really have happened, to be yeah. honest with you. Oh, but, well. I, but I'm excited about um, our interview today. Because we are going to be talking to John Eldridge. Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about his, his expanded uh, version of Wild at Heart. And we'll go talk about why he uh, expanded that and expounded on it during COVID here in just a minute. But I'm, I'm excited about this because I, I took a break. Again, I read, read this book back in college, same as you, David, um, and took a long break. It's probably been good night. Uh, how long has it been? Can I only? We've been out of college for ten yeah, years. Yeah, long time. Well, yeah, long years. time. Long time. <laughs> um, and when I read it, it's been longer than eleven years since the last time I read it. Uh, so again, I like downloaded the audio book because uh, I'm into audio books as much as I am to actually physically reading it. And I'm listening to it, and I have forgotten how awesome this book is. And even even look at uh, listening to it from a perspective of of a father who has sons, uh, it's been a big eye-opener uh, for me as a, as a, as a parent. Uh, so I'm really looking forward uh, to talking with John and hashing this out of what it means to be a biblical man. What does biblical manhood really look at? Well, guys, stay tuned as we talk with John Aldridge. Guys, I am super excited about the topic we're going to be talking about today, and that is biblical masculinity and what that really looks like. And I'm excited about the opportunity to talk with somebody who I have always admired, 
Um, I've read his book back when I was in college um, and it impacted me greatly when it comes to what the biblical manhood looks like, and that is John Eldridge. So, John, um, maybe there's somebody who's listening who doesn't know who you are or maybe not familiar with your book, Wild at Heart. So how about you introduce yourself a little bit, your journey in ministry, and where you are today? My journey in ministry began where so many pastors' journey began. I was the church janitor in my late teens, early 20s, um, and I loved it. I loved it. It was it was uh, awesome to serve in that way. Uh, yeah, I was I was involved in local church pastoral ministry. I got my graduate degree in counseling. Went on to become a therapist in private practice here in Colorado. Began working with a lot of men, and it was out of our work with men in our offices that the book Wild at Heart was born. But not just that. I was also raising three boys at the time. And and so the the lessons of fathering boys, what is the heart of a boy like? The lessons of my clients, men in need, looking for answers, kind of birthed wild at heart. And honestly, I thought, I don't know, I thought a hundred guys would read it. You know, it'd reach my clients, it'd reach a few of my friends, my mom would buy it, you know. Uh, and God did something really extraordinary. Over the last 20 years, he, he's just grown a movement around the world of men who are becoming really good men. And, you know, bands of brothers, father-son retreats, father-daughter stuff. I mean, all over the world now, there's this beautiful movement. So we actually outgrew our counseling practice. We've got a full-time deal here at Wild at Heart. In Colorado, we do conferences, we have a podcast, we make films, um, we produce a lot of other stuff like that. Well, that's really exciting. And that's this is something for me, uh, I don't know if Ryan feels this way, but our generation, the, the millennial generation that we just so happen to find ourselves being a part of, um, I've watched the culture's attitude towards the church change completely um, from it being a priority as a child to being discarded as an adult. And, uh, and then especially like in this last year, a lot of the probably massive and swift changes that have happened in our culture because of the pandemic, but uh, the, the numbers and the statistics regarding men and mental health is actually kind of disturbing. Uh, and I mean, just dealing with suicide, with substance abuse, domestic violence, all of this is on the rise. And uh, I'm convinced that the pandemic has had a pretty profound effect on that. And I was wondering if you could just kind of uh, give your thoughts on why the pandemic has been especially hard uh, for men. Yeah, David, I, I agree with you. I think it has been. <clears throat> in fact, I would say it's been harder on men than it has been on women. And there's a couple of reasons for that. But if, we, if you go to like one core thing, for example, about the masculine soul, Men want to come through. We know we're made to come through. We're made, we're made to make a difference. And so back at 9-11, the Twin Towers are on fire. The firefighters who ran up the stairs when everybody else were running down, that is such a brilliant example of masculinity in action. Good masculinity is I am here for you. I have a strength. I have a courage. 
I am here to intervene on your your behalf. During the pandemic, men couldn't do anything. Like they literally were told to just go home. Yeah. <laughs> like go home and do nothing. And, and that is so emasculating to a man. And I think it's a, I think it's a reason for a lot of the anger that we saw. You know, they were building domestic violence shelters in Paris and in other European cities. I mean, domestic violence blew up. Men were raging and, and they just didn't know where to take that because men are made, we're made to make a difference, right? We're made to come through and, and all the guys were, were just told, sit on your hands at home and, and just wait for this whole thing to blow over. Yeah. And that's a, that's a hard obstacle to overcome because we like doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we like having something to do. In fact, one of the things I've always been told is that for men to bond, it's good for them to do that over doing something together. Totally. You want to get guys talking. You want to get guys connecting. Do not put them in a circle of chairs, right? <laughs> you get them on a road trip. You get them out playing hoops, right? You take down the 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 uh, fallen tree in the backyard and turn it into firewood. Like, yeah, David. Right on. And that's boys too. See the whole process of initiating boys into manhood, you get them doing stuff. Uh, and uh, there's one thing that, um, we're, again, I'm revisiting your book, Wild at Heart, and re-going re through it um, as, as, an, uh, as a father um, now, I'm looking at it at a different perspective. And adult men are not only facing mental health crisis, but boys having are having issues keeping up with girls academically. They're more likely to be medicated for mental health disorders such as ADHD, ADD. Uh, their suicide rates are increasing uh, also in their pornography use. And as a father, even dealing with my own son, who uh, who does have uh, some learning disabilities, but it, we're over-diagnosing, over-pushing uh, boys to be a certain way. If boys are more fidgety yep. and, and out there, we want to calm them down and mold them into a certain way. And while a lot, there are a lot of factors at play, fathers play a very important role in this aspect. So what's a father's role in the problem and how can how can we play a role in the solution? Yeah, it's so good, Ryan. Let, let's go back to the boy's journey. <clears throat> so every little boy comes into the world with two questions that he, he looks to dad for the answer. Do you love me? And do I have what it takes? And both are needed, okay? Because like to jump ahead in the story, you, know, you look at the baptism of Christ, the father speaks. And it's one of the few times in the entire Bible that he speaks out loud in such a way that everybody hears, right? Not just the listener. He speaks a ton to individuals, but he breaks protocol kind of, and the father speaks and he says two things. He says, Jesus, I adore you. And I could not be more proud of you. Okay. That message, that twin message, I love you and you have what it takes. I adore you. I, I, I want to be with you. I like who you are. Let's hang out. Let's wrestle. Let's play. Let's do Legos. Let's read books. Let's ride bikes. Let's go hunting. Let's go fishing. Let's shoot hoops. You know, that's, that is the I love you part. You are worth my time. Okay. And then you have what it takes. This is so critical because a man's search for validation is the core search of his life. 
and everything men do or don't do has to do with their search for validation. So for example, if a guy's a great athlete, he's a long distance runner, he's gonna do that more and more because it gives him a sense of strength, of selfhood, of confidence. He feels strong, right? He's got what it takes, but he doesn't know how to talk to his 16 year old daughter. Or if a guy is like killing it at work and he's really good with the numbers, he's the guy that becomes the workaholic, right? And he's, he's, his marriage is dying, but he's killing it at work. He's making loads of money because that's where he's going for his validation. So the search for validation is absolutely critical. And it begins in boyhood. So the father's role is to speak into the son's life. I adore you. You are so worth my time. And you have what it takes. Most boys don't get that. They don't get their dad's time. And they sure don't get the message, you have what it takes. It's, I'm frustrated with you. You're a disappointment to me. Come on, just get your act together. Or the dad leaves. Or the dad goes silent, you know, because he's got a drinking problem or, you know, those, those issues, right? So that, that twin thing, Ryan. <clears throat> and then you put that in an education setting. That little boy's got to know he has what it takes. Because he's facing a ton of challenges every day. He's got peer pressures. He's got the tests and the exams. If he does not know he has what it takes, he is going to either act out and rebel against that system, or he's going to withdraw and begin to go more and more into himself and, and, not, and not do well in, in school. Yeah, that, that kind of when you just that last little bit, last sentence kind of describes uh, me a little bit, because my son has all my issues. Uh, he, he's, he's not good in reading or writing. I had a speech impediment. He had a speech impediment and he's, he's had speech getting through that uh, for the longest time from top until he was almost in kindergarten. We had a hard time understanding him uh, just because of his, how bad his, his speech was and just struggling and reading, writing. And, and, and even for me personally, when I was during that time and I literally thought I would never ever be good at communicating I never thought I would be good at reading and writing. So I almost, I almost quit in some aspects and part of my early elementary, even middle school sure. when, it come, when it comes to that, that area. And it has nothing to do with how, how my, my dad was with me. My dad and my, both my parents were very encouraging. It's just I was in a system that I was set up to fail uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, academically, specifically in that realm. And it, did, it took a toll on me um, for a while in that specific area. And, yeah. and what's interesting is I'm seeing this also in my child uh, a little bit as well, even though I think academically he is in a better place than I was. Yeah. Um, but I'm seeing the aspect if there's not validation or a sense of, and he says there's a sense of failure yep. uh, that he wants to give up and wants to quit. Yep. Okay. So the fear of failure is the greatest fear of any boy and any man. The fear of failure. Men, men don't fear rejection and abandonment the way women do because we're wired differently. Now, we do fear it. You don't want to be rejected, you know, kind of thing. But men fear failure because in the core of our being, we have been created in the image of the strength of God, right? We, we come through. That's what we're made to do. And so failing to come through, failing to show up, failing to rise up, failing to, you know, meet the challenge. So in a situation, Ryan, like with your boy, um, you have to find other places where he can feel like he's killing it. 
and it might be sports, it might be outdoors, it, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, it, he might have a huge care for animals and, and you find that in his life. You find some place where he can feel like, I am great at this, I am crushing this. And that will build in him what he's not getting in the typical education environment. No, I agree. And, and, and us, as me and my wife, as parents, we've actually looked for those opportunities to encourage him where he's excellent. He's, he's for academically, he's great. He loves science, great at it, loves math. He's awesome at it. He's, he's beyond his grade level when it comes to that. He loves building. Uh, he loves hands-on building things, being creative in that way. So yeah, we, found, we have found ways as parents to encourage him in those realms as well. Um, and it took me personally a long time uh, to really grasp that in my own own life, uh, even though that and again we 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 as men I do agree with you we don't like failing. Uh, failure is something we all fear as as men, and I absolutely agree with that. Uh, but it took me a long time at the same time to trust God and understanding that my identity is wrapped in Him, and not my failure or not my fear of failure. And as long as I'm being obedient to him, whether I fail or I succeed, as long as I'm being obedient with him, that's what matters. Yeah, it's beautiful. This, this is why Christianity is phenomenal. I mean, Christianity literally is the answer to the world. Because what, what you have now in the world is this massive crisis of identity, purpose, meaning, direction for men and for women. And when you understand you have a father you have a father game who loves you and believes in you. It's just, it's life changing. It's, it, it's, you know, it's the message of Jesus baptism. You are my beloved son or daughter. I love you and I believe in you. I'm proud of you. Walk with me. I can show you what you're made for. I can show you why you're here. It's the answer to humanity. This is so encouraging for me, uh, just just as a guy, because I'm I'm listening to to this particular aspect, especially like how fathers can play a role in the solution here and affirming the things that are a strength in your son, so that he doesn't succumb to the fear of failure. And I think back on my own life, and I I did not connect the dots until you said this, but when I was in kindergarten, my teacher told my parents that she thought I had ADD. And my dad's response was, he doesn't have ADD. He's a six-year-old who can't sit still. Send him outside to run around, wear his butt out, and then he'll sit still because he's too tired to do anything else and he'll stop talking. Right? <laughs> and, and so they're like, no, we're not going to get him tested. He's fine. And so the school tested me and it came out negative, which I think they might have been wrong anyway. But um, uh, just hearing my dad's response of like, and I don't remember him saying this because he told me years later, but just hearing him respond to the public school entity by saying, my son's fine. He's great. He's, he's a man. He's a young man. Of course, he's not going to sit still. He's got stuff to do. He would tell me when they were in school in order to get the boys to be quiet and sit down, they would have them run around outside for like 15 minutes and they could run and beat each other with sticks. The girls could talk. And then when they sat down and did classwork, no one wanted to say anything or go anywhere because they were all too tired <laughs> and they were able to focus. And so now I look back and I'm a father of 
Uh, I've got four girls and twin boys. They're two. So hearing Ryan, the struggles that you're working through now and, and John hearing how you've raised your sons, this gives me hope as a father to train my sons up in, in the way that they should go. Uh, and, and just like my youth pastor tried to get me to read through wild at heart with him, uh, which he didn't exactly succeed, but I did eventually get my way through it in college. Um, I would, when my boys get old enough, I would love to, to read through wild at heart with them so that I can help train them up to be the men that they have been called to be. And so with this, um, with this new release, you I think you're, you're, you've either just, or you're about to release an expanded edition of wild at heart to update it. Uh, it's got some new resources and some new information. Um, so can you tell us what you have done to Wild at Heart to kind of update it to where we are today? Yeah, yeah, we did this with Captivating as well. Um, so the books came out 20 years ago, and cultures used to change generation to generation. But in our moment right now, the culture is changing year to year. It, it's just extraordinary how fast things are changing. And a lot of that has to do with how fast technology is changing, right? So, you know, smartphones, the accessibility to the internet, screen time, all of that for boys, that was literally not an issue when I was raising my sons, right? It just wasn't. We had other things to combat, but it wasn't that stuff. So we went back through both Wild at Heart and Captivating to make sure that they could speak into the contemporary cultural moment. Questions about gender, questions about gender fluidity. Is gender something that is God-given or, or does it morph and change and move over a person's life? Questions about you know, sexuality and technology and some of the pressures, the education system. And, and you're absolutely right, David, like the, the current educational scenario is, is ideal for girls. They can sit and focus for long periods of time boys are you kidding me they're climbing the banister they're jumping off the roof like and that is not because they're broken it's because they're boys and so we just wanted to make sure the content was was current to the cultural moment and then i want to tell you a really cool thing that god did so right during the right during the middle of the quarantines last year we were able to make two new film series one for men and one for women on wild at heart and captivating and God put it on our heart to make these available free. So at wildatheart.org, we've got something called the Wild at Heart Experience that men can go through in a six-week deal to just get more strength back, more awareness of who they are connecting with their Heavenly Father. Same thing for women. It's called the Captivating Experience. And these are the new resources we were moved to bring out this year because people got pretty beat up through the last 12 months. I mean, this has been a rough time for everybody, young and old. You mentioned this earlier, and I, I kind of want to follow up on it because um, it's something that as men, we're, we're called to train our sons and, and fathers have that role. And, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, some guys, they just, their father checks out, either he's absent emotionally, absent physically, um, abusive, um, but we're looking at a scenario now where increasingly the population of people that are attending church uh, is moms uh, and their kids. Yep. And there's some men there. So because we have so many broken families in the church, uh, what can the men of the church do 
when interacting with the young men and the young boys in their church, if those kids don't have a father to go home to, to learn how to be a man from? Well, you said it earlier, do stuff, do stuff. Like, honestly, like create some, don't make it like super rigid, but create some opportunities where these boys can come and they go on a camp out or they come and literally I was talking about cutting the tree down in the back, you know, and turning it into firewood or they're going to uh, wash cars or, or we're just going to hold a six week basketball camp this summer. Like the men of the church can create opportunities. Boys thrive in the company of men. They love looking up to um, what we would call younger men, guys in their young 20s. A guy in his young 20s is an absolute demigod to a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. Get him together in a basketball camp. Get him together on, on a hike. Get him together on a, let's go you know, on our, on our bikes, on a road bike trip. Or, um, create opportunities because in those contexts, older men, younger men, boys, something happens that's practically magical. And, and the moms feel an enormous amount of pressure to, you know, the single moms do to be both mom and dad, and they don't have to be dad. Like the men of the church can provide a context. And, and again, make sure you're doing stuff, make it, make it fun, keep it interesting to young boys. It's not just quote, teaching moments, right? The teaching moments will come if you do stuff together. I'm glad you mentioned that as well, because what research uh, from the Phil Institute, from Barna and others is actually showing that when you pair uh, boys and girls with adults, doing things, serving, doing things together, the likelihood of them uh, their faith sticking when they graduate is much, much higher than you flip that around you silo your ministry like a youth ministry. If you silo it where you're just doing youth stuff with just youth, you're not involved with adults and doing serving with adults, uh, there's actually a detriment to their spiritual journey and their faith once they graduate high school. So I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because it's so true and that's stuff that we're seeing even today. And, and now it's so important for young men, young boys to be doing stuff with adults, serving uh, together, going on trips, doing manly stuff together. Kind of what we were talking about earlier, manly stuff together. Uh, so I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. So where can listeners, if they want to connect with you and your ministry online, where can they find your resources, including the new edition of Wild at Heart and some of your new study materials? Yeah, it's all, it's all camped there at wildatheart.org. Uh, and again, some of these resources are, most of them are completely free folks. So you come to the website, you can do the studies for free. You can, we've got a podcast. We've got other things for men and women there that are super encouraging for parents and folks at this time. And I do have to say, mention this, that the, the small group Bible study had opportunity to kind of go through that as for preparing for today. And it is a phenomenal resource. Uh, I think for parents, for small group leaders, and maybe a group of guys, if for youth leaders who are listening, uh, if you want to take your, your guys, your senior high guys together doing a small group, those, that material, material is such a blessing, uh, even for me as I was going through. 
Oh, thanks, Ryan. That's really encouraging. That's what we built it for. Well, John, I just want to thank you for taking the time out and coming on the podcast today. Thanks, David, Ryan. Great to meet you guys. Really enjoyed this. Well, I'm definitely going to have to go back and read that book now, especially since I have two sons of my own. Uh, I feel like reading it from the perspective of a college student then, but now with the updates and reading it from the perspective of a father with sons is going to completely change how I approach the book this time around. No, no, absolutely. And, and I, I've had opportunity to go through his uh, small group study that's that's come out of this expanded version. Uh, and it, it is phenomenal. I recommend any youth leader or youth pastor um, who wants to dive into biblical manhood, spend time going through this study with your guys and your youth group. Uh, it is great. I, I enjoyed I got enjoy listening to it and watching the videos that came with it. And there were some things in that that really spoke to me even now uh, that I've been convicted of the things I need to change in my own life. Yeah, and and that's that's important. That's something that's very important for us to key in on, especially as men ourselves. Um, so if you've been listening to our podcast, uh, thank you for listening to today's episode. Thank you if you're longtime listeners for being faithful. Uh, for new listeners, welcome. We're glad to have you. And uh, if you would, please take a moment out of your day to leave a comment and uh, preferably five-star review on the Apple Podcast for our podcast. That allows us to uh, stay near the top of the search results for people who are looking for this particular type of content. And uh, you can also connect with us because we now have a Facebook group, not just a Facebook page. So if you wanna join the Youth and Culture Facebook group, uh, that would be fantastic. We would love to connect with you there. Well guys, stay tuned for our next episode.